How do you become a DJ and create an incredibly successful lifestyle while everyone around you doesn't even believe it's possible? That's the big question. And this podcast will give you the answer. Welcome to the DJ University Podcast. DJ University Podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Ben from the DJ University Podcast. I have a very, very, very special guest today. Uh, I'm really excited about this because this is actually a personal friend of mine. We've been friends for many years. Um, His name is Tom McCallister, and uh, he actually runs a business called Real Presence Fit, which is a fitness, nutrition, and mental coaching service. He also happens to be a husband and also a father of two awesome boys. What's up, Tommy? How are you doing, man? Ben, my brother, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. Loving life down here in uh, Nevada. So yeah, can't say too many bad things about my life right now. Just to give the podcast listeners a little bit of insight, this guy used to live in California, uh, literally right in my neighborhood, and uh, he he ditched me. So uh, I miss you, man. Uh, <laughs> you, you left the state. <laughs> yeah, but that's what's awesome about things like this, right? Like me and you, I know during this, we've said we kind of almost talk more now due to things like, you know, the Apple voice te- texting and Boxer and things like that, that we still talk regularly, like we still live in the same city. So it's absolutely, cool absolutely. So um, give the listeners, you know, I know so much about you, but uh, we want to inform the listeners of, of who Tommy McCallister is. So give the listeners a little bit of background on you and also um, what you do for your clients. Well, I mean, it's kind of got, got kind of a long story. You know, I'm 40 years old. I'm a father of a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old. I've been married for 15 years to an amazing uh, woman, uh, Diane. She also runs this business with me. I'm kind of a little more of the forefront um, of the business, the person who talks a little bit more. She does a lot of behind the scenes work, but she also works with uh, a lot of clients on her own as well. Um, yeah, so she's an amazing person. But yeah, like you said, I'm originally from uh, Humble County in California, lived there pretty much for my whole life. Right after high school, I did live in Southern California for a couple of years, but then came back and and you know, I've always kind of had this entrepreneur mindset, do whatever I want mindset. Um, I did work uh, a regular job for many years, but about eight years ago, I went out on my own to pursue my own type of endeavors. And along the way, that's morphed from many things like, I mean, originally how we met probably 18 years ago was through music. I've dabbled with DJing a little bit. Um, I've, you know, I've rapped off for, gosh, over 20 years. You know, I don't do it as much anymore, but more, more fun here and there. But fitness has always been my main passion. That was like always the one thing when I was doing music, whether I was working at a regular job, I always got my fitness in. Like no matter what, there was never like a thought in my mind, like where, oh, I'm not going to go to the gym today, or I'm not going to not eat healthy today. And it was just always something that I loved. So when I decided to leave, I guess I don't want to say the corporate world, but something like that, um, you know, it was just something that was my passion and my purpose that I absolutely love doing. Um, I feel I'm a people person. So working with other people and seeing them uh, achieve their goals is something that I absolutely love doing. Um, I was always that person when people would ask for advice about gym stuff, I would get excited and I would tell them, you know, like friends or whoever. So it was just a natural transition into this business. Um, You know, we kind of have a three phase approach to our business. Um, As you said, we do, you know, the fitness, nutrition and mental. So we do, that's the three parts, you know, first and foremost, they all are one third of our, our philosophy, you know, because they all go hand in hand. Like if your mental is not on point, then what's going to make you eat healthy and be disciplined and go to the gym and be fit. Right. So they all really go hand in hand. Like if you're crushing your mental game, chances are you're willing to be, you're doing good things in those other areas, but also those other areas complement the mental part too. So if your nutrition's on point, you're just naturally going to feel better. If you're working out, you're naturally going to feel better because you're healthier, your cardiovascular is better, your endorphins are firing. So then that's going to make the mental better. So they really synergistically go hand in hand on that. And so when we first started doing this business, like I said, I've been doing it off and on for maybe seven years, but we went really full in earlier this year when my wife joined, um, is that the mental part is what I really started noticing was what I really had to coach these people on. Because usually you know, God bless them. If, if they've gotten overweight or maybe a, per, a spot where they're not happy with their physique, a lot of times they had something going on there in their life, whether that's a divorce, um, some type of addiction, um, some kind of abuse, something, or maybe a career they're not happy in. So I had to really focus on the, the mental part, which is honestly my favorite part of it. I love obviously working out and doing the nutrition part, 
but I just love talking to people and finding out, you know, just building a personal relationship with them. And that's honestly the number one thing we sell is a personal relationship. And then all those other things uh, fall hand in hand. Yeah. Man, I love how you have kind of a trifecta, right? So the most obvious seems to be the fitness, like working out, right? And then some are even more informed where they know that it's fitness and nutrition. But I feel like there's a lack of understanding of that the mental is just as important as the nutrition and also the the working out and the fitness side of things, right? I mean, it's huge because, you know, I mean, I have a ton of my colleagues are also in obviously the same line of work, you know, and I'm, I'm on Zoom calls quite regularly with, you know, with other fitness professionals. And what I started noticing was they were mainly just doing the fitness and the nutrition plan for people. And I was like, man, there's a big lack there. If, if I'm not communicating with my client regularly, multiple times a week, then I know, you know, they're missing out on a lot of good accountability, encouragement. Maybe they're, um, some of them are shy and they're afraid to ask questions like, oh, I'm going to bother him. He's a busy, he's running a busy business and he's got a family and all this other stuff he's got going on. But I always let people know, no, by any means, I love it. I actually get worried when people don't reach, reach out as often. Um, yeah. So I love that part, but I just really started noticing that other coaches were really missing, missing the boat on that. They, you know, most people were saying, yeah, talk to your clients about every two weeks. And I was like, no way, man, I got it. I love talking to them every day. I almost do that on the way to the gym. Sometimes I send you the motivational messages. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I get them. <laughs> so I'll do that on the way to the gym, you know, just hit everybody up. Hey, how's your day going? You know, I see this is your workout today. Go out and get it or whatever's going on in their life. Or I'll ask just something about personal about what's going on in their life too. Hey, you know, how's this going on at work? You know, how did the situation turn out? You know, and then we just build, like I said, that personal relationship, which goes so deep because then, you know, the people we, people are going to be okay with letting me down if they barely know me, Yeah, but they're going to feel really bad about letting me down if they really know me and they know I'm giving them so much. Um, just for instance, today we had a client who, who's been struggling a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I just yesterday, it was weird. Like I just couldn't get her off my mind and I have a bunch of clients, right? But she was the specific one that was just on my mind all day. And I went to bed last night, just thinking about her. And then I, first thing I woke up in this morning, thinking about her situation. And then I just sent her a, a six minute uh, iPhone message, you know? Um, and she texted back like, OMG, like this me message meant the world to me. It's just things like that, that really, will help change somebody's life knowing that I'm, I'm not just somebody who took their money and here you go. Like I'm on the same team with them. I'm in this fight with them, you know, which uh -huh. goes a long way. Definitely. So. Definitely. I'd love to switch gears a little bit, man. Um, I know that 2020 was a crazy year for everybody, but specifically for you as well. And there was like this massive transformation that's happened. Do you mind filling me in on that and filling the listeners in on what actually happened in your life? Yeah. I mean, as crazy as it sounds like 2020 was one of the best years of my life for many reasons, one of the best years of my life, but one of the hardest years of my life and so many people's lives. Right. And when I say that it was the best year of my life, it's not that I don't have compassion for the people whose lives were decimated. I mean, to a certain extent, my life was, you know, before COVID hit in January, I also uh, compete. Um, I race BMX bikes on the national circuit. I had come out of retirement and in the very first lap of the very first national of the season, um, at the beginning of January of 2020, uh, I crashed, um, broke five ribs, collapsed my lung, separated my shoulder, was knocked unconscious, and ha had that do an, uh, a stay in the intensive care unit here down in Las Vegas. Ironically enough, we were still living in Humboldt, no intention of moving down to Henderson, which is right outside Vegas, and the crash was in Vegas. Um, and it was so, here I am laying in the ICU, like, what's going on with my life? I have, you know, it's the beginning of the new year. I have all these new goals that I'm supposed to tackle. And here I am half dead, like, and, and crazy as it sounds, literally on the way in the ambulance, on the way to the hospital, I was, I literally thought I was dying. A, I couldn't breathe at all. Um, I was in an insane amount of pain. And then the, the paramedics in the, um, in the ambulance were looking at each other and kept saying, I'm getting nothing, I'm getting nothing. Like, and to me, I'm like, oh my God, like, I think this is how it is. This is how it is when you die. Like all of a sudden you don't think it's coming and then you're dead. Right. Um, yeah. and so that was a huge eye opener for me. Um, you know, obviously having a support team around me, like my wife, my family, friends like yourself who really, you know, stuck by my side and encouraged me. I bounced back super fast. 10 days later, I was working out with small and like 10 pound weights just to mentally tell myself I'm working out. I was in the gym like two weeks later, still five broken ribs. My, you know, had a tube out of my, um, in my lung at one point, 
I'm at the gym, I'm working out like, and eventually I got back. The doctor told me three months before you can work out. And like I said, 10 days, 10 days later, I was, because I was like, that's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my life in my hands and I'm going to do what I need to do. Make a long story short. I recovered from that. Right. When I recovered from that COVID hits. Right. And you know, I don't think anybody expected COVID to be what COVID is, right? We thought, okay, we're going to go on a lockdown for two weeks and life will get back on. Mm-hmm. Here we are almost a year later and California is still on lockdown. Nevada is not as bad, but still pretty locked down and we're still dealing with it. Um, you know, and so we dealt with COVID summer comes, you know, the protests are going on and all that, you know, heartfelt stuff. And then you know, the election that's happening this year, um, so much animosity and tension and surrounded with that. But for years, me and my wife had been talking about moving out of Humboldt. God bless everybody there. We felt like we had outgrown it. We'd been there for you know almost 40 years. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about it. I mean, as long as I've known you, I think you, I've been telling you, we're talking about moving here, there, the fear, whatever. We have young kids. They're in school. We had a very successful in- investments there. And my wife had a job for 19 years that she was in. So we never pulled the trigger. But after my crash and COVID hit, we said, you know what? We're not letting this year beat us. And we uh, flew down to Henderson, randomly came across Henderson uh, on like a Google search, said it was a super safe place. We wanted to live in a sunny city that was sunny pretty much all year round. And we came down, visited, and we bought a house two weeks later, put our house on the market and moved to Henderson with no full-time jobs. And, and our business was only like a side hustle at that time and moved here without any stability, right? But one of the things you had told me years ago when I had been pursuing other dreams, you said, man, you got to be all in. Like if you got a plan B, it's not going to work. Right. Like if you're like, well, I'm not hundred percent invested, you know, we'll see what happens. Like, no, you got to make it work. Are you going to make it work or you're not going to make it work? So I moved here and I was like, I've got to make this work. My back was against the wall. I just bought a brand new house and my kids, I moved them from a safe city and I left everything. And, um, you know, I'm a very spiritual man and God's provided our businesses taken off. Lives are being changed. And that's why I say 2020 has been the best year. So it's just blossomed. And just to kind of tie this all together, I came back and raced uh, last weekend very, for the very first time since my crash. Um, I had not raced at all. Um, normally, you know, we'd warm up on some smaller races. I went straight back to the Nationals down in Phoenix and um, ended up winning. Um, so it was a very emotional weekend for me because the year prior, I'm laying there dead. And the year later, I'm winning. So my moral of the story is 2020 is crazy for all of us. But really, how are we going to adapt? Are you going to let it beat you down and say, I'll wait till COVID gets over with? No, because we don't know what's coming next. There's always going to be the next day. Maybe something's always going to happen, right? And we're always going to have an excuse. So anyways, that's my 2020 in in a nutshell. Man, talk about what an incredible year. Like (laughs) just the transformation in that year. And then um, how, I mean, we're talking about the, the same track that you raced on is the same one that you had the accident, right? Where you broke your five ribs? No. So, so the track that I raced on this weekend was in Phoenix. The track that I crashed on was in, in Las Vegas. So oh, it was a different, yeah, it was, it was a different, different track, just ha- but the exact same weekend, one year um, apart. Yeah. yeah so. oh, man, that must've uh, been an emotional roller coaster that day for you, huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm as nervous. It's a, it's a nerve wracking, wrecking sport anyways. I mean, um, yeah. you know, it's, this, the race is arguably won and lost in the first half a second. Um, and everybody who's there, especially once you get to the finals have been working many, many years to get to this physique level. Right. And nobody's backing down. So it's almost like a fight. And anyway, so yes, it, there was a lot of an- anxiousness. Um, but Thankfully, uh, you know, the years of mental strengthening and working with people um, really got me through that weekend. Ironically enough, one of my clients, some advice I had been telling her mm-hmm. rung true for me on this weekend. She, she has put on some pounds and she hired us to help her get back in shape. And she had recently, she says, hey, I, I got a, a performing event coming up. Um, here and they're going to be videoing it and I'm going to be singing and I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to turn them down. She says, because I'm so um, self-conscious about the way I look right now. I've never been this heavy. And I said, no, I said, you go out there, you sing. Like, I know you can sing. Nobody cares. And if somebody does, then that's the small percentage. You be you, 
you know you're on a journey right now to bettering yourself. So don't let any dark feelings come from that. You go out there and you face your fears of doing it. And then I guarantee when that performance is over, you're going to be glad you did. Make a long story short, I had just done telling her this. And I'm stepping that we go on a walk every night, me and my wife. And I'm telling her, I'm not sure if I'm going to raise both bikes or one bike. I raised two different bikes, a bigger bike and a smaller one. Because my inner scare, scaredness was telling me, just race one bike because that means less laps over the weekend, less chances of getting hurt, mm, uh, less yeah. you know anxiety and all Playing this. Yeah. Playing it safe like she was, right? Mm -hmm. And and then I said, you know what? I said, I just get done telling one of my clients to, i.e. man up, you know, whatever, uh, and be yourself, face your fear. Who am I not to do the exact same thing? And I did. So after that first day, Thankfully, I won. Um, it was game on for the rest of the weekend, and I just got better and better and left that weekend so full of confidence and happiness and joy because I faced that fear, right? Like, we're all going to be uncomfortable at times. Everything we pretty much do is, if we're leveling up, is uncomfortable, right? Most um, Yeah. So, yeah. It was and a cool a situation. Coach, man, you, you got to be an example, right? You can't be a hypocrite. So, you, you called yourself out, and you're like, hey, if I don't do this, I'm the hypocrite here. So, way to go, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Right. Like we always say, I don't want to hire an accountant who's broke. Right. right. Like, so you, you don't want to hire a coach who's not walking the walk either. Exactly. So. Yeah. What a cool story about your client that was scared or intimidated by joining a performance because she was self-conscious of her physical um, look. Right. And how she went ahead and did it anyways, just based off your encouragement, right? Now, as yeah. you can imagine, the listeners that are listening to this podcast, a lot of them are DJs, right? Actually, I'm assuming all of them are DJs. I'm hoping all of them are DJs. <laughs> <laughs> After all, it's called a you know, DJ University podcast. Um, now, as DJs, we're presented with uh, all sorts of unhealthy food, alcoholic drinks, right? So it's an unhealthy environment when it comes to nutrition specifically. And also we're out late nights, right? So there's a uh, very, I mean, it's, it's something that I'm guilty for as well. Um, you know, Tommy knows this just because we're friends that uh, one of my uh, bad habits that I have that I, I'm having a really hard challenge uh, kicking is late night eating because I started it, you know, with my DJ lifestyle and now um, I'm trying to kick it, right? So what kind of advice could you give to some of the listeners out there that may be struggling with weight or even uh, are just presented? Maybe they're they're in good shape right now, but if they keep up with the late night snacking uh, at events or drinking that extra beer or whatever else, um, they'll start putting on the pounds or adapt bad habits. What kind of advice could you give uh, those listeners? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you got to control what you can control. I mean, sleep is our number one thing out of mm -hmm. everything that we can do is that's where we recover, right? Like recovery, especially for working out, everything is through our sleep. Now, you, DJing, most likely you're doing events that are late and that is something that you can't change, right? You're not like, hey, I see you got a wedding, you know, at, you know I'm gonna be working until midnight. What do you guys think about moving that up a couple hours so I can get home and get some sleep? You can't do that, right? Or if you're at a club, you know, that's just, you're just gonna get home late. So that's something you can't control. Um, but then one thing you can't control, obviously, is your nutrition. And the one thing that I see, I, we primarily like to work with business professionals, mm -hmm. um, people who already are self-driven. Now we do take on all types of clients, but I, I specifically target them because they usually are driven. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of times what they notice is, you know, yeah, just, you know, I'm at my work, I'm dragging through the day, I've got brain fog. Um, I feel like I need to take a nap. Well, all those things aren't gonna be great for business, you know, if you got brain fog, or you need to take a nap, you're tired, you're not going to want to, you know, so you're productive, even though you may be dead there for 10 hours, your work quality might be only five good hours, right? Yeah. So what we notice with a lot of people is when your nutrition is dialed in, then you run physically better, hence making your business better. So if you're a DJ, right? And if you're up there and you're tired um, or you're drinking and, you know, maybe you're starting, you know, get a little tipsy or just your body's not running perfectly, then you maybe performance is going to suffer, you know, but if you're feeling optimal up there and alcohol aside, like if it's just nutrition, like say you're not drinking and you're performing right nutrition aside, I think you're, you're what you would be 
on your game that much more. Your energy levels are going to be that much better. And, and as we know, with DJs, that your job is not only to play the music, but entertain the crowd, right? So you are a part of the show. You're part of the act. And you got to bring um, the energy too. Yeah. So if you're feeling like sluggish up there and you're, and you, you know, and especially when we've all done it, you know, where we get so comfortable doing like enough shows, like it becomes second nature. Maybe you're not getting the high off it anymore. Then wow. maybe you're not putting the performance on, but if your energy's feeling good, there's, you know, you're, the music's still going to pump you up. The crowd's going to pump you up. So obviously dialing in your nutrition, you know, I mean, there's, I could go down a rabbit hole of here of things not to eat and things to eat. But just making sure you're eating the proper things, the things that we all know are healthy, right? And in moderation. I never preach anything to not have the pizza or to not have, you know, a beer here and there, but everything in moderation, but really trying to be conscious of what you're putting in your body and then how much of it. And honestly, water intake is a huge, huge, huge thing. Our bodies are made up of 60, 65% water. So if we're, barely drinking water and we're drinking sodas or energy drinks or coffee. We all know caffeine uh, dehydrates us even more. So if you're before a show, you're putting that caffeine, you're getting dehydrated. Now your brain's not getting the, the proper hydration. Now it's not um, on point. So many, so many things go down this road. Same thing with fitness, right? Dude, high, DJs are getting it right. Sweating high energy when you're putting it in. Let's so maybe how's your, too. yeah. Yeah. So like if you're, if you have a, a simple fitness routine where you're keeping your cardiovascular good, or maybe you're toning up your body, right? All that will play into making you a better DJ when it comes time to your show, because, you know, God bless you. If you are obese, chances are, you know, you're not going to have the same energy as a dude who's ripped and he's fit and he's getting after it and doing all this. You're, you're just not going to be able to keep up at, at, as much. So, and if you are already keeping up, just imagine what you can do when you're at that next level. Now, you don't, that doesn't mean you need to have six pack abs and 4% body fat. Like, no, yeah. that's, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about having just a, a healthy lifestyle. Um, and then, as you say about lifting gear, right? You could very well injure yourself. You know, I've, I've filled in a couple of times for you working and I know how heavy that equipment is moving it. Sometimes, you know, the truck or wherever you're moving it to isn't right there next to the stage. You got to move that stuff far. Um, so having a proper stretching routine, you know, a lot of back injuries are from tight glutes, tight hamstrings and things like that. So making sure you, you know, you're loose and limber from having a stretching routine, but you know, the fitness and all that will strengthen, you know, your core, but at the same time, your stretching routine will be huge for carrying that stuff. And then obviously if you're working out weights, the things become lighter to carry as well. Definitely. Definitely. So you mentioned, you know, stretching is a good, good thing to add to your daily routine just to prepare for those, you know, long weekends where you're, uh, lugging gear in and out. Um, and also to keep up the energy, right. So to, to not have energy fatigue. Uh, and then you also talked about staying hydrated, right? So maybe use a reusable water bottle and bring that with you. So that way you can refill it and keep it by your side all day, night long, right? Depending on what kind of DJ you are. We're, we have club DJs, right? Who are only performing at nighttime. And then we have, you know, special event DJs like wedding DJs and so forth that are doing all day types of events that are, could be 10, 12 hours even, right? Um, are there any sort of like, nutrition hacks that uh, you might be willing to share to the listeners of maybe uh, some healthy and quick and easy snack options to bring to gigs. Um, so that way, you know, if there are really unhealthy alternatives, um, you know, to still stay, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, full or uh, fed, right? So that way you don't run out of energy because I'm assuming that's also a bad thing if your blood sugar gets too low. Uh, that I've had that happen to me personally, actually, where I didn't eat at an event and then towards the very end of the event, like I started getting vertigo and all sorts of bad stuff could happen. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that you can do. Now, if you're a, a wedding one, skip the cake and the treats, you know, when, when you're eating there, go for, you know, the, the, the meat options. Now some people are vegan and vegetarians, you know, and things like that, but don't load up on a high carbohydrate thing where like you're saying, the blood sugar is going to go up, the insulin's going to spike, and then you're going to crash. Some simple things that you can bring. If you're not a wedding DJ, like a club DJ, um, you know, you can always bring protein bars. I really love protein bars because a protein is the number one macro macros. If you don't know are protein, fats and carbohydrates protein is by far the number one that you need um and i always go for one pound per, per body weight now 
if you're 350 pounds, don't eat 350 pounds of protein, still stick to like, if you were at a, a desirable weight, 180 pounds or whatever. But so I always like a good protein bar. bar. Okay. Now, if you're home, you know, yeah, that you're, I wouldn't go for a protein bar over, you know, a nice steak and some rice or potato or some vegetables or something. But if you're on the go, that's something that doesn't need to be refrigerated. Um, you know, it, it's not going to go bad. Uh, you're going to get a quick 300 calories, minimal carbs. It's not going to be an abundance, but you're also going to get some solid protein out of it. That's a good way. Fruits, always good, but you got to be careful with fruit because it is sugar, right? So things like bananas, certain types of apples will spike your glucose too fast, and then you will crash. So things like berries are always the best choice. What I love about berries also, high in fiber. So what does fiber do? Soaks up the glucose, the insulin when it gets to your stomach. So if you eat those alongside with something, on another note, like oatmeal or something in the morning, it's going to help soak up some of that sugar, right? So fiber is great. Berries, low calorie, but they're also filling. You can eat a ton. You can eat a giant bag of strawberries and have like 150 calories. But if you ate that same size of nuts, you're going to have 15,000 calories, right? So it's like (laughs) the density of it, you're going to get good volume, but it's also, uh, but it's also going to get you the the, the stuff that you need. Um, All, you know, you're going to want to prepare before you go know, okay, Hey, I'm going to be at the club for a couple hours. Let me get a solid meal in there before some, that's why I love red meat steaks. Chickens are great too. Red meat has the most nutrient dense food you can possibly eat. That's why I love it, but it's also going to absorb over time, right? So you're going to eat this nice, you know, maybe seven to 10 ounces of steak, and maybe you're going to have a couple ounces of potato and some greens with it. That's going to keep you satiated for hours on end. But if you eat something, you know, just a bunch of fruit or that's going to, you know, big old thing of mashed potatoes or whatever, right? That's going to be some pizza that's going to spike your, you know, it's going to be a ton of carbs right away. And then it's just going to wear off. So you want something that's going to sustain you for hours, right? So then you're not like, man, I'm getting hungry. I've been, you know, I've been here for three hours and I need to eat, you know, like a good, healthy steak, you know, some low glycemic potatoes, like a sweet potato or a Yukon, those and some like uh, greens that will hold you over for a good four to five hours. And then, you know, which most of us aren't at the club for longer than four to five hours. Right. Um, And then there's always some options you can bring with it. You pointed out a great point prepare like you're bringing your laptop and you're bringing your speakers and all that stuff bring that water bottle with you the like a you know a stainless steel one that's 64 ounces or whatever then you got the water there then you're not like mid-set like oh can somebody want to get me a water or like now you're getting dehydrated like be prepared for your environment uh and and like so, so the water is so key on that so Awesome. Hope that helps. Yeah, I love that you talked about like nutrient dense foods as well that keep you satiated for long because, uh, you know, like you said, w- when you eat uh, foods that have you know give you a sugar spike, then you're going to have that crash later as well. So, um, as you can imagine, you know, usually the way events happen is the beginning part of the night is actually the calm part, right? And towards the end is actually the highlight of the night, like the peak of the night. You want the most amount of energy during that yeah. point in time. So if you're crashing at that point in time, not going to be ideal for your performance, right? No, hundred percent agree. So that's why I stay away from things like sodas as well. Juices. That's, you know, the juice is great, right? You're getting some vitamin C from orange juice. Well, it's all concentrated and squeezed out like 10 oranges into a glass of juice. So, I mean, you're getting an insane amount of sugar and you will crash. Um, so that's things like that or certain types of energy drinks, same thing. They pack them full of sugar just so you can taste good. You're getting the caffeine, but now you're kind of like, you're getting the caffeine high and then you're getting the low from the sugar. So you're kind of like meeting in the middle, you know, so kind yeah, of double edged sure. sword on that. So you gotta be careful with a lot, a lot of that. Let the natural adrenaline of adrenaline of the scene, uh, control it for you. As long as the, you know, this, this set's going good and you're, and you're hydrated and you're not hungry, your energy is going to be out. Yeah. Yeah. Great, man. I love to switch gears again, man. So, uh, we talked about nutrition and you're, you know, you've created, uh, some a, a really great level of success for yourself. And uh, I understand that you may not be directly in the DJ industry, but there's certain a- attributes that a successful person, I mean, you know, has that can be applied to any industry, let alone the DJ industry. So I'd love t- uh, for you to tell us and let the listeners know, like, what would you credit your, your success to? Like, what would be the, the biggest thing that contributed to your success? Uh, failure, big time failures. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, AKA lessons, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's not failure. Right. And at the moment it feels like failure at the moment it feels terrible. Right. But when you start to kind of look back at the picture, I always look at life like a graph chart, right? When you stand back and you look at 40 years, it's, it's going to have ups and downs, but hopefully over those, well, cause I'm 40, maybe a lot of you guys are probably younger, but you want that chart going up, but there's going to be those moments that are down, right? Like, like I said, 2020, I almost died beginning of the year down moment. Uh, five months later, move brand new, amazing city, high moment, right? Like start a business, high moment, you know, COVID down moment. So like, these are the moments that are going to be up and down. But over the years, I've tried many things. Like I said, I've been this entrepreneur, this person who's, I wasn't cut out. You know, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing if you've got to do it. If I ever came to that situation again, where I had to work a nine to five, I got to do what I got to do, right? I got, I got bills to pay. I got family to support and I'll do what I got to do. Yeah. But I've had this mindset. So I've done a lot of things along my way that led me to this position. Uh, as you can probably tell, I can talk. I can yap on forever. I wasn't always this way. I was not this way by any means. High school, I was the shyest kid that you will ever meet, ever. I'm that nerdy uh, kid in high school who's sitting by himself, who's talking to no one. Um, I didn't kiss a girl until I was outside of high, until I graduated from high school. Um, and, and so I had, I had this fear of like just intimidated by my environment, everybody. And then I slowly started coming out of my shell and I slowly had to be putting myself into situations that I wanted. And I just saw everything along the way wasn't for me. So music, right? Like I loved music mm -hmm. and, uh, and, when I, so is it uncomfortable getting on stage and performing songs that nobody knows what they are? Cause you're not on, you know, a record, uh, you know, a number one hit. And when I came up, you know, 20 years ago, so I started rapping in the 2000 or whatever, it wasn't cool to be a white rapper and I'm not getting racial here, but it was, it was tougher. Like Eminem, everybody would either called you Eminem or vanilla ice. They're like, Hey, vanilla ice. Hey, Eminem. Like you're trying to be like Eminem. Like, but now, you know, it, the, the world's changed. There's so much diversity. It doesn't matter what race you are. You just do what you love. Um, so it was it's weird getting on stage, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, well, I mean, to, to a certain extent it was right. So like getting on stage and doing these uncomfortable things as uncomfortable as they were grew me, came at more and more out of my shell. Um, I worked a job where I, it, uh, while I was on doing music, I worked a job at a casino where I had to entertain the guests all day long. So I was talking to countless people all day long. Well, what was that doing? F honing, taking the shy person, honing me to be in this position I am in now where I've got to talk to a strangers on sales calls regularly and I don't know them and I'll talk to them like this. Right. And, and it, and it doesn't matter because um, I can talk now. And, and so that took things like that, you know, from music to doing that. And then in the music, I learned a lot about business. And then when social media came in, I had to do a lot of that stuff for music and social media and learning ads and learning different posting things. So along the way, I had a lot of things I had to do. Maybe I wasn't super successful at those things. Um, but it led me to where I'm at through failure, through friends, surrounding yourself with a circle. We um, uh, have an amazing circle of friends who are all getting after okay. life. You know, obviously, I mean, you're doing amazing things in multiple businesses. You know, your, your wife's becoming um, a badass and all the, in, in her, in her own right. Um, you know, we got other friends who are doing music as well. We got other friends who are, um, running hotels, you know, I've got, you know, I'm on my side of the circle as well, but that's not it. I got people who are some of the biggest motivational speakers in the U S like when you surround yourself with greatness and people, then it breeds and it, it, it comes off on you. You know, that's one of the reasons why we left humble, amazing people there, but there's a few and far between of the people who are killing it and humble. Then there are living in Vegas. And I'm not like bragging that, but like the first week I was here, I was getting worked on by the, um, the big, uh, the lost, the, the Las Vegas Raiders personal trainer who travels with the team was over at my house, working on with me. I was at the PT um, person's business who works on the Raiders players working with him, rubbing elbows with all these people. So when you start reaching out to these other people and expanding your circle, that's when my success started breeding as well. So a lot of failure, but then also reaching out to people too, shooting your shot. Like those people didn't come to my house because I was hoping that one day they would knock on my door. Yeah. I shot my shot, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All they could do is say no. Like, Hey man, who are you? I don't know you. Uh, I work for the Raiders. Don't you know that? Like, you know, they were super cool. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Let's get together. Come by. I'll give you some of my time free. Like, you know, so, um, awesome. Different things like that. Surround yourself with, I hate to use the word, but killers, people who are trying to be better versions of themselves, no matter who you are at what level. 
So that, that's been the hugest part of my life. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings is that uh, you become the average of the five closest people in your life, right? And so that's totally. exactly what you, you've touched on. That's amazing, man. Now, I also understand that every great coach usually has a great coach supporting them. Do you have a coach yourself? Yeah. I mean, as I just said, you know, obviously first it started out just as friends and then I started hiring coaches myself um, to get an outside look, but then also people who are specifically to my craft, right? Uh -huh. yeah. um, you know, you've been a great mentor to me, but you're not going to necessarily be able to help me in certain parts of the, the fitness and nutrition industry, right? Uh -huh. um, and so I specifically have uh, hired three different coaches this year. Um, and so I'm in, in three different ones and they all kind of serve different purposes. And some of them are more of a group experience and some of them are straight one-on-one -on -one um, experiences. And are they cheap? No. Am I paying a pretty penny for them? Yes. Am I, do I wake up any days and go, Hey, I sure wish I didn't pay that. Not one second because there were times in the beginning, but just like my coach always says, like, dude, you're not going to hire me. And tomorrow all of a sudden be the biggest trainer in the world. Like, dude, we're going to have to take these steps to get you there. Just like when I tell my clients when they hire me, Hey, yeah, you, you need to lose a hundred pounds. You're not going to lose it next week just because you hired me. It's going to be a long process of getting you there, but we're going to get you there. Same with my coaches. Every week, I just keep growing, growing more and more knowledge, getting more and more comfortable, being able to pick that brain's person's brain because they've been down the, that road before. We're, you know, the coaches are offering people the shortest way around the mountain because they've done it, that experience, trial and error. Like, where did I learn the most? What did I say? Failure. But I'm 40 and I had to fail a lot of times to get there. Had I learned these exact same techniques a, a long time ago, and hired coaches years ago, I mean, I would have saved years of trial and error off, off of it. And now that I'm here, I will always, always have a coach um, under my belt to, 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 to ask to grow with. So yeah, there, I, if, if, no, if you guys don't have a coach right now and, and, and you're whatever industry you're in, probably the DJ, I'm telling you, and this ain't as a pitch, hire Ben or, or, or somebody, right? Like, like seriously, he's done it. You know, like it's, it's no joke if hire somebody who knows what they're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. You said it best, man, that, um, they, they give you the shortest way around the mountain, right? Because they had to learn, uh, all the pitfalls. So that, that's, that's what helps them be able to teach you or give you a heads up of what potholes or what, you know, pitfalls to avoid. Right. And so totally. you are paying for a shortcut right? Which is uh, the best way to look at it. Now, what's incredible is I'm assuming that a lot of the listeners here, uh, a lot of them probably don't even have one coach at the moment, right? They may have a coach, but they probably were blown away by you saying, I have three coaches at the moment. And by the way, that's just currently, right? You've had yeah. many coaches before that as well, right? Yeah. So, one, you know, like I said, I raced BMX um, and fitness. One of my main coaches um, from that and who I still, who's become like a brother to me. Um, he coached at the Olympics in 2016. Um, and, and it's just an amazing person, but that's how I became the coach, original coach. Cause I started in BMX coaching and then that transformed into so much other things was him coaching me and me being that client who literally asks 10,000 questions. And I just, yeah. but he was willing to ask, answer them, you know, take advantage of that person's knowledge. Um, if you know, you know, he didn't have course back then courses weren't a thing, like, especially now, you know, um, yeah. where there's a lot of webinars and things like that, the, the web, there wasn't zoom back then. There wasn't things like this, but True. yeah. So I've had coaches back then, um, mentors, yeah, coaches now, and I know there'll be some more, um, in the future because the one main one I'm working with right now, I already had two. I wasn't expecting to work with him. And you know what? He was the most expensive one out of them all. Um, and I was willing to, to pay him and I'm beyond thankful that I did because our business just keeps growing, growing. And not only the business part of it, I keep growing. I am now a super more confident trainer, right? Because we all have this imposter syndrome, right? Like maybe I'm not a good DJ or maybe I'm not a good coach or maybe, you know, maybe I am really fit, but I don't think I could tell other people how to do that. Like we all have these thoughts, these negative thoughts. But then we realize everybody has those thoughts. Everybody has these fears, but then they start getting smaller and smaller and smaller. The more you become seasoned in whatever your craft is. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, when it comes to choosing a coach, um, what kind of strategy did you, did you use for that? And then also, it sounds like you started off maybe on the low end, and then you worked your way up towards being able to afford some of the the most expensive coaches that you've ever spent money on, right? Um, how, how do you go about that? And what have you learned going through that process from, you know, let's say, uh, using your first coach to now using some of the top coaches uh, in, in the industry, right? Yeah, I mean, so one of the one of the three I have now, I would say is he, he's been great and it's more of a group environment, but it's been really good. Um, I didn't that was more of a lower ticket buy in and I learned a lot from them and I was just getting more and more into the industry and I learned, but I still had a lot of self fear. Right. And so I needed more one on one things rather than just like this, this group thing. So. The next people I talk to, um, like I said, I'm Christian based. And so that's a huge part of my life. A huge you know, reason I don't have as much fear anymore because I trust in the process that everything will be okay in time. Um, anyway, so I reached out. So the next company that are people that I started working with were more faith, faith, faith based. And I was having a lot more personable one-on-one time with them. Uh-huh. And, and I started seeing that and I saw the success they had, but both those first coaches, I saw the success that they were bringing others. But then the third one was somebody who I was actually a colleague with and I saw him doing absolutely amazing things. But in this industry, there are people who maybe I just don't, wouldn't want to hang out with or rub elbows with. So somebody who is really personable, somebody who I actually can trust who's easy to talk to, who seems like a genuine person was huge for me. I didn't want some, I didn't want this, a coach that just wasn't somebody I would just want to go have dinner with. I wanted somebody I could have dinner with. and I would be cool talking to on daily. Uh Yeah. The connection. And so that last person who I joined to my team um, was somebody who I felt that way. Not only I saw them being successful, they had proven it. It wasn't all talk. I saw them prove that they're doing it. And in what they were doing was exactly what I was doing with the added and mental part of it. And so I knew at that point, okay, this is somebody who's doing exactly what I'm trying to do and somewhat doing. Yeah. And I need to do it, but I also want the more one-on-one and I saw the success, the actual success. So the proof and also the person. And when you mesh, mesh those two together, it's been a perfect harmony. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's been taking me and my wife to uh, to a whole new level. So definitely look for somebody that's genuine. Yeah. You know, I have for the listeners, I'm on your side. I'm, I'm helping you out right now. Uh, given that Tommy and I are personal friends, I know how much he's spending on his coaches. I'm not going to say the number, but let's just say that um, an average monthly salary uh, for a person is what he's spending on coaching per month. Okay. So it's definitely quite a sizable investment. That being said, what made you choose that to spend that much of your hard-earned money to invest in yourself and in, into a coach versus going to a free site like YouTube? Um, the one-on-one, to be able to ask them a, a, ton, a ton of questions, to really be hands-on in growing my business um, because I needed the accountability as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can sometimes, like when I go to YouTube, it's like, you're getting all this free info, but you don't, you don't know sometimes like, you're like, okay, so they're saying this, but then somebody else is saying this and somebody else is saying this and they're contradicting each other. And then you're just like, Oh, crazy. Cause you don't know which technique to use or you try info one, you're like, right? Yeah. Info overwhelming. And, and you're trying it for five days and maybe you're not getting the results, even though that is the correct technique, the normal, the coach that you're working one-on-one with will tell you, dude, you've only been doing it for five days. Keep consistent for, uh, you know, five weeks, even longer. And then you see that that process works. But when you get it off YouTube, you're gonna you're not gonna try it for that long because you're not bought in. And when you're bought in in something, you're gonna stick to it, right? Like if I bought if I bought one of these programs and it was a hundred bucks, you know, and I was like, oh hey, I'm gonna buy it. It's, it's only a hundred bucks total for three months or whatever. I'm I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna do it for a good week. I might check in every now and then. It's gonna do nothing for me. And then I'll give you an example. So in our business, I've run free challenges on Facebook. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, sign up for my Facebook group. You know, it's not going to be one-on-one coaching for me. I'm going to give a simple um, workout program. Um, every now and then I'll drop some advice in the group, you know, maybe some cool tidbits on some nutrition, 
but it's just going to be an accountability group where all the people are going to join and, and motivate each other. And, and that's what it is. And it's free, or maybe it's 30 bucks to join. When we do those, tons of people sign up. Everybody's excited. I can't wait for the first, right? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> first week, people are posting. Second week, a few more posts. After that, it's starting to get less, less. By the end of the month, you got like three people left who are doing it, right? Why? Because they didn't buy in. There was no accountability there. I wasn't being with them for one-on-one, but also there was no accountability on, on their end because they didn't buy in, right? When you buy into like something- loss, right? Like, yeah. like they were going to lose something by not participating. Totally. I mean, I think we've all bought something that maybe we're not stoked with, but you use it because you're like, dude, I paid good money for this. Yeah, right. I'm going to use it. <laughs> and so when it works with the coaching thing for me, I'm like you said, you just said kind of what I, I spend. When I knew I spent this, I've got to do- there was a reason why I spent that because I, I needed something. I was missing, lacking something on my end. Uh-huh. I had so many tools, but I didn't have the business part, right? So there is a, a huge value to knowing that you're, you're getting something good, especially when the ticket is a little higher, you know that that person is, is worth what they're charging. There's, there's tons of imposters out there and there's tons of free information, but unless you're bought in, you, you won't get the results. I, I can almost prom- promise you that. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent, you know, in, in my younger years of my career, uh, I was the same way, right. Whereas I, I had this fear of, of spending a lot, uh, to invest in knowledge. Right. Um, so I'd spend a lot of time on YouTube or, you know, on free blog sites to try to scrap as much information that I can and try to put the puzzle pieces together by myself. But there's a lack of accountability, a lack of guidance, like personalized guidance as well. Right. Cause your circumstances aren't going to fit with everybody's, um, method or theory. Right. And so, um, but the, the one thing that I, that I learned is that, you know, the more that I was willing to invest into knowledge, the faster I would get the results. And it was yeah. a people thing. It's not just all on the coach and how great their knowledge or their method is. It's actually more of your internal mindset changes because you're like, oh crap, I'm going to lose a lot of money if I do this, or I'm going to lose a lot of whatever uh, if I don't do this. So I need to take it serious. Right. So I think it's, it's a way to buy in that commitment. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I hundred percent agree. It's almost like when I said I moved here without having our business taken off yet. And I had to make it happen. Right. right? Like I was all in, right. I had to be, but if I came down here and I like was still working a regular job and, you know, maybe I had like just a ton of money in the bank or whatever, like, yeah, I probably would have taken it a little slower and it was no big deal. But man, when you, when you know, you spent something, you're not letting that money go away. You got to get it, especially right now with like COVID and, and, and everybody hurting for money. Like, you know, you're going to make your investment, make it worth something and, and maximize that value. Definitely. Definitely. Now, uh, I know this is kind of a, a disappointing segue because we talked about, you know, investing in yourself financially as well, right? Not just time, but also financially. Um, but for those that are still on the edge and they just can't get over their self-limiting beliefs, books are another way of a smaller buy-in, right? Of an investment that allows you to maybe even get to know your future coach that you might want to invest in down the line. So what are some books? Like if you had like one to three different books that really were a huge impact in your life, what would those titles be? Um, I mean, like I said, spiritual first. So I'm just going to do the easy one. The Bible, I still read that every single day and my life transforms every single day. Even though I've read it memory, multiple times every time i read it it hits me a different way um but i'm not going to go too deep into that because i understand everybody's got different beliefs and that's fine um one of my other favorite books that i've done in the past like five years is this book called the surrender experiment i've uh i'm i've turned i used to be a big reader i've turned into an audible guy listened to a lot of books um so the surrender experiment i've listened to twice um, my wife actually just finished it today um, she finally got to it. I've had multiple friends that I've recommended to I have clients I recommended to, and everybody loves it. That book right there is it, so true. Just to give a quick overview on it is it's, it's about surrendering to life. When things, when you get an opportunity in life or something comes your way, mm-hmm. we often say, nah, that's not part of my plan. You know, and it's not like a moral decision. Like, Hey, somebody's like, Hey, you want to go rob a bank? You're not like, Oh yeah, I got to say yes. Cause I'm surrendering. No, like that's a moral issue. 
But if somebody's like, Hey man, you want to jump on a podcast and do an interview and you're like, I'm kind of intimidated, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that by saying no. Well, now you've just missed an opportunity in life. And so this guy who was a yogi basically wanted to live off the land. He bought a $10,000 piece of property in Florida years ago, just wanted to do yoga, but he was unhappy with the way life was flowing. This is a true story. 100%. And he just kept saying yes to things. Hey, we would like you to come be a professional, uh, a professor at the university. Didn't want to, just wanted to do yoga. Said yes. Hey, we want you to start uh, working on construction on this house. We see you built your own house. Will you help us? I don't want to. Did it, right? Kept doing this. Make a long story short. He ended up eventually starting WebMD and selling the company for like $500 million, right? And he was wow. this guy who just wanted to do yoga, but he's not in it for the money. He ended up donating like majority of that money away. But it just shows when you surrender to the flow of life, right? A lot of times in life, we'll, we'll, we'll pray about something or ask for something. Well, then it like comes landing in our lap, but it's just because we didn't want that exact route. We will say, no, 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 no. That's not part of my plan. You know, like, oh, I got my own thought on that. Well, it's like, well, here's a great opportunity for you, you know? Um, and, and so that was that book. I loved it. Surrender Experiment. Check it out. You can listen on Audible, buy it on Amazon, whatever. Amazing book. Wow, that's change your life. Book. I haven't read it yet, so I'm definitely gonna get it. It's it's awesome. So those, I mean, obviously the Bible and the Surrender Experiment. The Surrender Experiment is one I always, you know, you always see that on Facebook. Hey, what's a book that changed your life? Boom, that's the one I always recommend. Um, and then I always go down to spiritual books. This was book called uh, The Seven Story Mountain. Um, it's it's a spiritual book, and that was written back in like the 40s. Really changed my life. But if you want, you know, for your non spiritual people. A book that I'm actually reading right now that was recommended to me, or actually given to me from my coach, is called Psycho Cybernetics, and it's all about like our subconscious mind and how um, and how our brain really works. And there's some extremely eye-opening material in there, and it's extremely simple to read. And it's a lot about our self-limiting beliefs that we're telling ourselves, and how our brain doesn't know the difference between a an actual occurrence and an idea or a vision. So if we're telling ourselves, you know, we're not going to be a successful person. Our brain thinks that we failed at something, actually failed at something rather. It doesn't uh, know the difference. And yeah. so it goes into it. It's a lot deeper than that. But Psycho-Cybernetics, I highly recommend it. That was actually written um, back in the 60s and re-updated um, recently. And it is really an eye-opener uh, on a lot of things because I think m- most of us have those self-limiting beliefs at times in any ways to really recognize them. I'll do it now when I have a thought that pops up. I go, dude, come on. And then I like, I jump on it right away now because I recognize what's happening. So that's a, that's an amazing book. Yeah. You're so right, man. Books are very, very powerful tools to help guide us. They're for the most part cheap and, uh, and great, great, uh, sources. Yeah. And a lot of times they're written by these coaches who then also have a coaching plan or service that they provide. So if you ever wanted to, you know, invest, you then are introduced to these coaches because, you know, the first, I think, challenge is to figure out, well, who, who's my coach, right? Who's going to be my mentor? So, um, just by reading books, you're introduced to all these people and what they're, you know, what they stand for and what they're about and, you know, what their teaching style is like, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, getting to know somebody so huge. I just had somebody yesterday because I personally don't use a website, but I do that for a hundred percent of a reason. Um, somebody asked me yesterday, Hey, say, Hey, uh, what's your website? I go check it out. And I said, Hey, you know, I don't do a website for the specific fact that I like to just be one-on-one with you on a zoom call. It's not going to be a sales call. Like we can get talk about sales, but I just want to get to know you. And I want you to see my genuine personality, you know, and, and to me, that is so, so huge. And a lot of times in these books that you're talking about, I love autobiographies because you get to see their life, their growing up, their struggles. Yeah. You know, you, you, most of these people who are successful weren't born in, with a silver spoon in their mouth and just all of a sudden were successful, right? Like that's why I love The Rock, right? Uh, not only do we all love The Rock because, you know, he's a great actor, funny, and all this stuff. But if you really see his story, like he, you know, I think his business is called like Seven Something, right? Like he, when he quit the, or got I think, released from the Canadian Football League. He had $7 to his name. Here he uh-huh. is and is an adult, you know, and he was ashamed to go back home to live with his, his parents. And what did he do? He said, I'll do anything, whatever it takes. I'm going to work outwork everybody. And if you look at him, he pretty much oh, does yeah. outwork everybody. Yeah, ambitious dude, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
So. That's awesome, man. Thank you for those recommendations. Uh, I highly guys, uh, recommend you guys to, to download those on audible. I'm personally also, uh, more of an audiobook listener. Um, I struggle with reading. Uh, it's really a comprehension thing for me. Uh, I just comprehend a lot better and I'm assuming, you know, being a DJ most likely fall within this. We, we, we share that quality, right? So audible is a great option. And by the way, there's no affiliation here. So we're not just uh, trying to hype these books because we get a kickback here. This is truly just no. provide value and try to help you guys. Cool. Um, you know what, Tommy, I, I'd love to ask you uh, one final question um, that really helps the listeners because uh, you know, it's a new year. It's 2021. Um, a lot of us are really motivated right now to level up, right? And especially a person who's listening to this podcast, they're seeking knowledge, right? They're not being forced to listen to this uh, podcast. They are choosing to, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of advice could you give them on um, whatever it may be? Maybe it's uh, they're trying to level up their health and their fitness, right? Maybe they're trying to just level up their DJ career. Based off kind of you know what you have within you, what last piece of advice could you give them? Um, be bold. I mean, that's the biggest thing, man. You got to be bold. You got to be willing to take chances. You got to be willing to take risks and, and just get after things. And I know that sounds crazy when people say, let's go be motivated. Like it is the first year. Everybody's motivated. This is where gyms make their money. Everybody signs up for, and then the gym dies out after a month, but there's going to be that time when your motivation is going to run low. That's anybody, right? Like, but you got to just keep going. So if, as long as you're bold and you're consistent, those are the two things. Like as long as you're consistent with anything that you do, you don't stop. You keep looking for resources like this. Like if you're a DJ, soaking up more knowledges, maybe that's hiring a coach. Maybe it's getting new equipment. Maybe that's trying to get back at gigs once they really start opening back up and making sure you're prepared for those gigs when they open up. It's not like, Hey, well, I'm not going to practice my set now because you know, I'm not sure when the clubs are going to be open. No, it's like, no, you're getting after it. You're, you're preparing like it's next week. So really being bold and being consistent, you know, it's the same thing for our clients. People have to be consistent. Like you got to just, there's going to be times where maybe a week where you don't lose weight. And then there's going to be a week where you lose a bunch of weight. Like it's just, that's just part of life. Like just, but as long as you're staying consistent mm -hmm. is the number one thing because Quitters never win and winners never quit. Right. Ooh, so if you, you know, if you're like 30 days in and you're like, ah, this ain't working out. I'm, I think I'm just going to quit. You know, well, guess what? Yeah. Your dream's dead. You're, you know, you come back to it later, maybe, you know, but then you're starting back over. Don't let that momentum stop. You know, you know, every life's always going to be like pedaling a bicycle up a hill. As soon as you stop pedaling, you roll backwards, like mm -hmm. keep pedaling. Don't stop pedaling. Just keep it going up that hill in the slow, consistent. And if you're going slow, that's better than not going at all. So literally be bold, be brave. And I know that's crazy. Be bold. And I know this sounds crazy. I literally left a career back home where me and my wife were making insane amounts of money. And we stopped and, let, and moved here with zero, making zero dollars. And we were making insane amount of money back home. And we left those to yeah. pursue this. Is that bold? Yes, that's cold. Absolutely. I have two kids. So what's going to stop you? And guess what? It paid off. It, it paid off big time. I literally wake up every day. I'm looking out at the mountains right now. And I live up on a hill that overlooks the Vegas Strip. Like literally I'm living the dream, right? Like it's a beautiful sunny day in January. Like that's my dream. And I made it happen because I had to be bold. Had I said, no, um, it's COVID or no, I don't want to leave this money. Guess what? I'd be living in Eureka at my same house and living a C plus life that wasn't getting any better and not living my purpose. So if you want your purpose, be bold and do not stop. Yeah. And I would highly encourage you listeners to, um, you know, take a look at, uh, real presence fit on the gram on Instagram. Um, cause Tommy and his wife, uh, post all sorts of great content all the time. That's uh, motivational, uh, even some tips. So definitely, uh, check them out on Instagram. Also, um, hit up, Tommy himself, actually, personally, um, at realpresencefit at gmail.com. You can literally just send him an email and it's not a bot. This is like going straight to your email, right? Like you are personally reading every single email that comes in and you're, you're, you're sharing a, a real authentic conversation, right? 100%. I mean, that, yeah, I, I, I hate when bots come to me um, <laughs> and you can point them out from a mile away. Most of the people I get, I, I do video messages with. I personally send video messages to people because it's personal and they know it's me. 
So if I say, Hey Ben, I saw that you emailed me, you know, you know, it's me talking because I could easily just type, Hey Ben and, and put in a, a bot message, right? I 100% get back to people, me or my wife. Um, she's equally, she's actually cooler than I am. Um, <laughs> it, it, so we get back to our people because this is what I said. It's all about personal relationships to us. I, I'm not trying to get a million clients and give them simple service. I'm trying to get a small, keep a smaller stable and absolutely crush it for them. And that's what we do. That's why we have such high retention. Awesome. And so uh, for anybody that might want to level up their, you know, health and fitness goals this year, um, and they're interested in finding out more information about your service, um, would you suggest just having them email you or what, what would the next steps be for them? Yeah. Like I said, we're real presence fit on Instagram, real presence fit at gmail.com. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of our content that I do love doing, I personally, I, I love Facebook for a lot of reasons. So there's a lot of bad things about it, but Friend request me on there, Tommy McAllister, um, you know, and I'm sure you can just click on it and I have a, a public page. So you are an actual friend where you can go see and it's going to be fitness stuff on there. So you'll know it's me or if you see, uh, you know, you hear my voice in some of the videos, but anyways, yeah, look me up on there or, or, or Instagram and, uh, and, uh, G, uh, and like I said, my, my, my email, but I'll personally get a hold of you. And I'm never that dude who's trying to close a sale by any means. And honestly, my business is doing great. So I personally don't need you. But if you feel like we're have a good connection, then I, by, by all means, I'm there to uh, be a friend first and foremost and, and a coach along with you. Awesome. You know, I personally, again, I have this uh, extra lens that I can put on Tommy because I, I've known him for so many years uh, on a personal level. And I know this guy gets it. He really does know his stuff when it comes to um, especially like nutrition, health and mental. So um, if anybody uh, needs, you know, health, uh, like help and support, he is definitely him and his wife actually are definitely the people to contact. So Tommy, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. It's been such a honor to have you on here, man. It's, it's, exciting to actually have a friend uh, that I get to share with the, the rest of the listeners. So thank you so much for jumping on. Hey, thank you, Ben. Appreciate it, buddy. We hope this episode provided you with incredible value. Please leave us a review so we can learn from your feedback on ways to improve. Subscribe to the podcast and be notified when the next episode drops. Lastly, don't just listen to this podcast. Take massive, imperfect action.